Last time on Geek Force, the squad talks about the amazing world of Cyberpunk 2077. They also talk about the troublesome comments on social media with Kanye West. Oh, love to hate him. They also talk about fun Metacritic updates and life topics. He means getting back into video games. But see what we're talking about now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. Today with me is the usual squad of Emi, Ray, and Marlon. Welcome, you guys. Ray and Marlon. In the Thunderdome. In the Thunderdome. Too much. Too much. It's Monday. Welcome, you guys. I hope you guys had a pretty good weekend. We have so much to talk about. Um, last week slash last weekend was Comic Con. It was the first Comic Con at home. So, like, it was just days. Like, all the stuff we've been talking about on the show for so long, it was like all of that in like, what, four or five days? Because it had every, it had all our little, categories of our geekdom just just so much per day and it's like i'm so excited to just kind of talk about it and uh go over it with you guys um but i do want to start with like a few newsworthy stuff because we're avatar fans here because when i saw this i was like well it's about time so you know you i know do that love avatar- a good james cameron film you know so avatar the last airbender oh, okay sorry it's on Netflix. It's I been don't on Netflix. Why you like a good James Cameron film? Because they're few and far between. controversial. <laughs> I'm we saying just... something so true. It's so controversial. Ah, I, I don't know. I was just going with the flow. Um, are you are you the new Russell now? Ooh. <laughs> Shout out to Russell Morse, everybody. Oh, Shout out to Russell me. Morse. <laughs> the old me, okay? Get that straight. What's that with me? <laughs> I'm Earth um, 616. He's Earth 472, okay? I'm a better will, he, will he understand that reference? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's um, a deep comic cut. <laughs> we here at uh force love margin call so much shout out to margin call and the host there russell morse this is gonna be a back and forth thing every week so now That's i gotta wait for margin call to say something about us especially marlon because now hey, shots hey, fired already if you want the ruckus geek force ain't nothing to mess with all right i'm done i'm done that's it I'm finished. Continue what you're saying, guys. So Go. anyway, Avatar The Last Airbender, that's been number one on Netflix for the past few months. Next month, which is August, they have now released Legend of Korra. Because uh, I guess fans were just like, okay, you know, Avatar is cool, but where's Korra? You know, because you, to me, you can't have one or the other. So the fact that finally they're bringing it on Netflix, um, for me, that means... People are going to watch this whole entire show and do this whole analyzing of things and what sh- what should have happened, who should have been shipped with who. Because that's what I've been seeing like every day with Avatar. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. I thought all this like 10 years ago, but whatever. So it is interesting that people notice things I didn't notice before. But with Legend of Korra, since that was like the hardest show to kind of access, I know there's going to be a lot of stuff I miss. 
And I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys feel the same? Are you even looking forward to Legend of Korra coming back? Or okay. I you just like watched this. I just watched it in January, so like I'm kinda Either way, I like I just rewatched it, but like um, it, I was excited to wa- rewatch it for those reasons. Of I I wouldn't I was like there's I haven't watched this whole thing in its entirety in so such a long time. There's gonna be stuff that I missed, or there's gonna probably be different things that I feel different on. Um, like I like season two. I have a whole different opinion about season two than I had before rewatching it. Um, it still is trash in the last half of it, but you know we can have a nice detailed conversation about it, and uh, I have more updated information. So probably everyone else is going to do the same thing. Uh, it'll be nice. They get a chance to. It's like Hamilton. We we kind of just got to that and have our little wave of it. Uh, and so uh, this is everyone. They just had last Airbender wave, even though you know it was years ago. Now they're going to hit the coral one. Uh, and it'll probably be better since they won't have Nickelodeon throwing off time schedules and all of that stuff. Like, I think people overall are just going to enjoy it more because of that stuff, even though season two is trash in the second half. And of course, they get blessed with book four, where they get to meet big homies a here who throws hands the entire book. So they get to be exposed to an airbender who's out there just. So isn't that book four? Isn't that book four? Is book three, three Raymond? It's three. Yeah, all right. It's the third season. Fourth season's Kavira. The third season, I thought the show was going to end. It felt like it, it felt yeah, like everything was, was ending. It was too was much. The, and there was like stuff that was irreparable. And I was like, what? Yeah. And the, the season three was amazing. Beginning of season four was really good also. Um, but again, they apparently something else I learned and it explained a lot was they had like huge budget cuts at the end of season four. So I remember I remember really enjoying the first half and the second half it was okay, but like there was definitely something off. And then when I found out that information, I was like, oh that that explains a little bit. Like they they were just struggling this entire show from Nickelodeon side, uh like trying to do what they wanted to do with it and it is what it is. My other Netflix news, because Netflix is just doing the most. Uh, I have not gotten a date, but apparently Chronicles of Narnia, the TV show, is coming out soon. I don't know what that means. Soon could be next year. So, But I saw the posters and I was like, I mean, okay, I'm low-key really excited. This is one they, of my favorite book series. Of the Witcher, if they can give like Narnia a similar adult treatment maybe be watchable like i feel like if they like upgrade some of the kids if they like take like the riverdale kind of oh we're teenagers but we're actually 35 year olds and they like no. make them the kids and they make no. all like the, the fighting a little more witcher-esque it might be entertaining no. otherwise it's gonna be like that first season of let me stick i had um jim carrey as uh the olaf where it's like this that's is a unfortunate myth. series that's another I no feel like you're being pierced right now when they were creating the American version of Inspector Space Time, and you're just intentionally saying something really bad. <laughs> Stop yes, it. I am. I am. Oh, Thank you for that reference. <laughs> and they're going to have the American flag in the background, and the mascot's going to be a bald eagle. <laughs> um, Amy, I see you say no, though. <laughs> you, you're not excited. No, about I, I'm just. I just. I don't know. I haven't liked. I haven't liked any of the Narnia takeoffs at all. Like the 
So did I don't you, know. Did you like the original, the ones where it came on each VHS? No, they came that it was like live action, but it was on a VHS tape. I want to say it was probably made in the seventies or eighties. I've seen it. I've not watched it, but I was a fan of the cartoon. I I remember getting really emotionally fucked up when they killed um what's his face. I I I, I was like I don't know Aslan. how to process these feelings. Aww. Yeah, I was Aslan. like, I don't, yeah, Aslan. I was like, I don't know what how to I don't know how to feel right now. And I'm like eight. I don't know how old I was. Yeah, I was like, I, it was around six or seven or eight when yeah they made us watch that. But I want to say if you guys have watched like the his dark materials on hbo i really feel like that influenced probably because i feel like during that time they're making narnia and they're taking these because that is another series i have not read the books but i have seen the movie and i was like oh i don't want to read the books because the movie put me off but the hbo tv show oh my gosh i i want i still want to read the books but it took a whole nother story where it 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 was a dark world there are children actors who are very serious. It has other great big actors in it too. It has Lin, our Lin Manuel in there too, and it 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 didn't even feel like a kids book. It felt like just a really well written, you know, TV show with a child leading the way. And I feel like Chronicles of Narnia is going to be similar to that, where same prep, like same premise, but like. You know, we have the darkness. We have the like. I'm very curious to see how the White Witch is gonna look because, like, in the books and in the old show, she was creepy and scary. I feel like in the Disney movies, she was like interesting. Like they made they made her more interesting, which I get it. But like, you know, that's it was Tilda Swinton, so she's kind of cool anyway. So maybe that was the approach where it's like, hey, she's approachable, but then she's gonna mess with you later. You know, approachable evil white witch. Because she was like, you want some Turkish delights? Everyone wants to be you her friend. Turkish delights. You want some Turkish delights? And then, sure, why not? Yeah. And Aslan's like, don't go, don't go to that that white witch lady. Like, don't go there. Narnia taught yeah. you an important truth, which is you don't trust white women. So that was that was a great first <laughs> truth that they gave children. Don't you go to that white lady? Don't you go to that white lady's house? She, she don't get you. Sparkly Karen, that's true. With her little uh, her little carriage of whatever was driving that carriage. It was creepy. I'm sure there's a. I'm sure ooh, <laughs> she wrote on privilege. I'm sure there's a hotep like school where they teach this in class. Like, look at this. This movie teaches about the dangers of a white woman. Look at her in a, in a white carriage, and she's taking chocolate from people. Chocolate's resources comes from the motherland. Don't trust her. Oh you my gosh, would. that would be so hoteppy, and the picture would just be Tiller Swinton in costume. It'd be like, watch out write, for her. We should write that uh, version, Marilyn. The oh yeah, woke version of Narnia. I feel like I'm just gonna be like the anti <laughs> Narnia of the Tyler hood. Perry. So, my, so I think it might go. I'll be the anti Tyler Perry and just what write really. I, basically, instead of writing like really, you know what? Maybe one level lower than Tyler Perry instead of the anti. <laughs> and, and it's like I just fully own like, hey, I'm gonna well, be problematic. Raymond is done. <laughs> I think <laughs> out of the shot. You know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like Tyler Perry, but I'm gonna be very upfront with what I'm doing on purpose. Like, you know what? I'm not gonna be subtle. I'm gonna be like this this uh dark skinned brother's a hero and the light skinned brother's evil. <laughs> and just put that in every one of my films and be like, you see it, you know it's true, and then I'll have Nick Cannon be my producer <laughs> so we can, we can be in tandem. <laughs> 
Oh doing your own studio. <laughs> Give me my own studio. <laughs> We're having a Burbank. Wow. Robin Tyler Williams? <laughs> Is he anti Tyler Perry? Robin That's Williams? I, I started with Mr. Doubtfire. Like the the reverse of uh, to do reverse. No, no, reverse the reverse Medea. of the yeah the reverse Medea. Uh, uh, reverse true. Medea. Oh my oh, head. God. How did we get here? Get me out of here. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I took us there. Here's a piece of the car we're back. About oh, we're not in the shadow realm. Like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. So yeah, and we're back. And, we're back. and so. Yeah, regardless to what Marley was saying, um, Crowns and Aria is coming out soon. I'm excited, personally. Um, we need more. I mean, we're in the era where, you know, they're, they're doing The Witcher. Okay, Game of Thrones ended. Okay, whatever. Witcher, great. His Dark Materials, great. Uh, Crowns and Aria looks promising. They're filming Lord of the Rings, the TV show right now, which is the most expensive TV show in history and is one of the only TV productions in the world that's currently filming with a huge cast because New Zealand, of course, was the smartest country and got rid of all their problems. So they can continue with work, you know? So New that's what's going on in New Zealand right now. And props <laughs> Go to ahead, them. Kiwis. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to see what is in store about that. And so that was my little news bit for the beginning of this. So I want to jump into uh, Comic-Con. Uh, I know probably out of the four of us, I probably watched the most because I was just, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con. It's going to be home. It's going to be free. Why not? So I was like, I'm about to watch as much as possible. I probably watched probably like over 30 hours of a lot of stuff like on Twitch and on YouTube and on specific streaming apps. It was just a lot of news. And so uh, as much as I want to talk about it all day long, I'm going to try to talk about, at least for me, the stuff that I was like, oh, that's really cool. Or wow, this was not what I expected. And it was amazing, you know. Um, I do just kind of want to jump into Rick and Morty because that to me was the funniest panel at so adult swim had their thing their thing was called adult adult swim com con and so they in comic con they basically just take over the whole little section it's usually like inside and outside because they have like their own cosplay and whatever so they kind of did the same thing with uh their own thing because they did their thing on twitch and on their website and you know adult swim is just really crazy and cookie with the music and everything but the biggest panel everyone was looking forward to was Rick and Morty. And uh, it was really cool. It had all the cast instead of, except for Justin Rowland, because I think he was doing the solar, uh, solar uh, opposites. Opposites. Okay. I just want to make sure solar opposites. I want to say something else. Solar opposites uh, TV show, which I did see that panel and that was cool, but Rick and Morty is better. And I wish he was on that one, but whatever. So, like, they had, like, Dan Harmon and the main characters all just talking about stuff and uh, finding out that a lot of the cast are really, really big uh, fans of the show. Um, I really like, which I just found out thanks to Amy, that the girl who plays Summer, or does the voice of Summer, Spencer, is the daughter of Kelsey Grammer. I did not know that. Well, I also didn't know she was the biggest Rick and Morty fan. And I, I think that's really neat for you to really love doing what you want. 
But most of the time, they were just doing montages of each character. They were talking about what they want to look forward to in season four. They answer some questions from the fans. Uh, One question I really liked was if they could do a crossover with another show, what crossover would they want? Dan Harmon said, uh, uh, Family Guy, of course, but I would really love doing one with BoJack. And I was like, can I see a BoJack, Rick and Morty crossover? So I was like, I want to ask you guys, I just want to put that out there, like Rick and Morty and BoJack. That would be one of the like darkest shows to watch. Like Rick is already pretty anti him being alive. BoJack's committed suicide before. If they get together on TV, it's going to be a really pro. We should just end it all episode. It's just going to be really dark. And it's going to be or like, let's put a disclaimer on the front be part of this and together. the back part of this. And then, I mean, they said Family Guy, but I feel like everybody works with Family Guy. So I feel like that's a really easy thing to do because they, they did a Simpsons bit on their current season. And so then they kind of asked the fans, like, what would you guys see? And I I thought of if I wanted to see a crossover, it would be either with Gravity Falls or with Venture Brothers. I would see that. It's like the same kind of thing. I don't know if they could do Gravity Falls. That seems to be a pretty, like, kid I show. I mean, after... <laughs> Why but not? That, but that's almost but that's almost perfect because yes. um, what you call it? They after you do for seasons now this cable channel spiff uh, in Rick and Morty were like they have infinite universes with infinite timelines and anything can make sense in that universe. You could have them pop into Sesame Street even for a moment and just be like, why is this big? Why are birds? Why are birds seven foot tall and yellow here? And he just leaves. Like, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to make a bad joke. But like, <laughs> right, right. Even Elmo will say something. You know, yep. and you know, Rick's gonna cuss the hell out of Elmo, have, and that will be funny and sad. Yeah, I don't know if they can either. I don't know if they curse out Elmo. I feel like that might cause some problems. That's true. I mean, it would be. I don't think would be down. I still, I still don't think Sesame Street would be down. Like you can't cuss out Elmo's eleven. I'm sorry, Elmo's like five. You can't cuss on a five-year-old. I mean, all the times Robot Chicken and Family Guy had Sesame That's different. Street That's parody. Chicken, though. That's parody. Okay, so if it was a parody, so cool. But if he did it, okay, okay, I got you, yeah. got you. I still say Cookie Gravity Falls. still one of my favorite book. Family Guy jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if they were to do a crossover episode with Family Guy, it would work because Stewie could be the, the science guy and Rick's like, is no one gonna discuss that this baby is speaking full language right now? Like, is we gonna ignore this shit? Like, this right. child made an atom bomb in, the, in his room. Has no one right. been up there? What is this family? You're all terrible family. <laughs> <laughs> a full five-minute tirade. Also, Meg's pretty cool and he leaves. <laughs> oh my god. No, he's that gonna hate Meg. Be, <laughs> no, he's gonna shit so on Meg too. What are you talking oh about? <laughs> You're right. It's like, you know what? Summer's better than you, then he's least. He'll, he'll make fun of clap. he'll make fun of Peter and Meg. He'll bang Lois real fast, and uh, <laughs> and he'll probably Chris and Morty will hang out the entire episode, and and then when yeah. they need to get when he when he's ready to go home, he'll be like, okay, it's time to talk to the mastermind and the family, and then go up to Stewie's room, and he's like, I've been waiting for you to get here. <laughs> what do you need my help with? <laughs> wow, Ray, did you write the script? Have, have you been reproached before? No, I feel I like haven't. this has already been created. Time to write a spec script. I know. Try yeah. to write a spec script. No, I'm not doing that. It's, it's... Aww. 
suggestions of what you want to see if you had a Rick and Morty crossover with anything else? Is it weird that I want to say Bob's Burgers? <laughs> that would work too. That would work too. That would, that would, that be would work because the kids and Morty, that's too much. Like, both of them are too much. Like, Louise and, like, no, that'd be, I, I will watch that. Yeah, for sure. But that would be cute. Um, so yeah, that that happened, and then they basically ended it with showing a season four clip, which was just like a random clip where they were in the middle of just something and stuff happened, and it ended in a way. It was just really funny because they were all like Rick and Morty were about to really just die, and uh, Morty was like, he called you know Jessica, his biggest crush at school. He took the time to call Jessica and have a moment saying, you know, I'm sorry things didn't work out. I would have went out with you, but, you know, I just want to say that. And Jessica's like, oh, really? I would too. And he's like, what? He goes, well, it's because you never talk to me. You just get quiet. So then Morty realized, wait, you you like me? She's like, yeah. Do you want to do something later? Let's do something later. And then Morty's like, damn it. I want to live. I want to live. So then he like tries to save them. It's hilarious. And it ended with the clip. The clip I saw was like super short. Well, did you go to the website? Because the, there's a no. link in the video. No. And so when you watch the whole clip, they land in the ocean. Um. Rick was like dying and he wakes up going, Morty, no, why did you land in the ocean? And Morty's like, that's no big deal. And this like Aquaman slash uh, Namor villain pops up and I forgot his name, but it's like a combination of both uh, Marvel DC ocean uh characters and he's like you're trespassing and da 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 and morty's like who the hell is this and rick goes oh, it's my nemesis and it kind of ended there and i was like wait who is that so i am wondering are we about to have some water adventures with this dude is it just going to be one episode is it going to be a recurring thing through the season i don't know but that kind of just blew me away on seeing that and I highly recommend you guys to check out that clip because I miss Rick and Morty so much. And it's been hinted that they might come back in November, but stay tuned, I guess. But uh, that was my Rick and Morty thing. Uh, my last thing I wanted to say at, for Comic-Con is it's a Marvel show on on Hulu called uh, Hellstrom. It is from, I think, the Son of Satan storyline comics. Um, I am not familiar with that. It looks interesting, but the whole panel itself was very interesting. Uh, IGN, IGN hosted the the panel, and so the the showrunner, his name is Paul. His last name starts with a Z, but it's very hard to pronounce. I'm sorry, but he is he started off, you know, welcoming you know the hostess, and she was just asking questions about the show, like, oh, what, how did you come up with the idea? Da da da. He told her like. Yeah, you know, the show deals with a lot of just strife and drama and just unfairness, just like in real life. And then he just kind of segues into talking about the protests and Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and how it's unfair, how the government and the country and the world is just treating just like black people in general. And it's horrible. And we should just wake up. And I was just like, this white man is just going off going off i was like who is this guy and then he ends with like and i am even not i'm not even the person to even speak on this part i don't have this i don't i don't have the right to even talk about it so i'm gonna let my friends talk about it and he referred to uh actors on his show who are the characters in the show 
Um, their names were Robert Wisdom and June Carroll. And so June Carroll goes on about talking about her experience as a Black woman in America. And then Robert w- w- Wisdom or Wisdom was talking about his experiences. And I'm sitting there going, wow, this is incredible. I would have never seen this in a panel in like real life Comic Con. They were both being just really eloquent and just talking about all the stuff and using their platform to bring these issues. Because even though we use these comics and shows to kind of get away from reality, these stuff, this stuff is a reflection of reality because the show is similar with how people are being mistreated and stuff, but they were just going like full on real. And I was just blown away. And then I, I forgot the other girl, but she's a Latina actress. And she was talking about, you know, about how ICE and, and detention centers and how she grew up in a town where there's one and how that used to stop. And they all ended it with, this is why y'all need to vote. And then they started talking about the TV show. And so the face of the host was just like, thank you guys for sharing all that. Like she was kind of blown away, but she was just like, wow, that was, that was nice. And so they talked about the show. It looks really interesting. Again, I don't know the story, but again, it's one of those, Hulu Marvel they got shows. You. They got you curious. It did. They got you curious. I'm already. I already favorite. Like I already like the Facebook page and everything. So I'm already there. I, it comes out this fall. I will definitely check it out to see because the the whole cast had a blast in making the show, and it's Marvel. So of course I'm going to give it a shot at uh, checking it out. So oh, just letting you know, the show is called Hellstrom. I know it's so weird. What? No, like, what? his comic is so dope because it brings in one of my like other favorite characters. Really, Brother Voodoo is brought in, and he's like super. Like basically, it brings in because uh, DC has John Constantine, and he has his whole like dark mysticism, demons, and magic. Hellstrom brings in Marvel's version of that, where you have, oh. you, have you can bring in all these other characters from the demon world, characters who are connected to the occult. Um, it's really dope. So I'm really excited to see this and. He connects to uh, Ghost Rider because, again, his father is Satan. Ghost Rider is attached to one of the high demon lords in Satan's circle. So you can, of course, bring in Ghost Rider if you want to bring him in the story at some point down the line. I know that um, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done that already. So now you have another point for these recurring characters to come in and be involved. And, hey, if they're even Mm -hmm. feeling ballsy, they might even, you know, bring in Malboja and Spawn. They want to have a fun little, like, drop of... uh, 90s nostalgia in there because again Malboja is one of the high lords of hell and Spawn is attached to him as well wow well thank you for letting me know now I'm hecka excited and seeing this but the show's called Hellstrom I will keep you guys and listeners updated on that and yeah that's that was my comic con experience that I can just limit to to two things so I'm passing the popcorn to whoever wants to go next (laughs) the over the weekend, um, maybe it was end of last week. I can't remember exactly what day it was, but um, this YouTube channel that has been doing like he does little spoofs, uh, he does his own animation. It almost makes me feel like I'm back in the Newgrounds days, uh, random flash animations and stuff like that. Um, 
and uh, he um, has been working on apparently this, uh, this an episode of a SpongeBob anime that he's been m- messing around with, and so it finally dropped uh, end of last week um, to the internet surprise, um, and it was amazing. Like they had, he went all out on um, the animation style, uh, the way he used all the normal like shonen anime tropes with SpongeBob characters was hilarious. Um, he. I guess he had he had been working on it so long. He had hired like a real uh, Japanese voice acting crew with a with a director and everything to uh, have the voices sound as authentic as he, as he could for this anime. Um, I think he has a, I think he's doing the same thing with an English dub version that is supposed to be coming out soon. Um, and so uh, it's just really fantastic and amazing. Uh, I recommend everyone to to look it up. Um, the channel was Narmak, I think. Um, I, Narmak, N-A-R-M-A-K is the YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, definitely look it up. It's it's the last video he has that's been that's come out on a station on episode number one, SpongeBob anime. It was fantastic. I know I sent it to you all. Um, any extra ads to after watching it? I mean, I feel like if this thing uh, gets any more coverage, someone's gonna do. I'm sure the creators of SpongeBob and of Squidward can be like, hey, listen, we know you're doing some jest, but if you want, you can fully take either your own uh, path with this anime and we'll give you our blessing for it or do you want to just do like a Spongebob reanimator where you take current Spongebob episodes and you just make them anime episodes <laughs> so you're going to get some attention from somebody to keep this up the really internet's hope. a great way to do that yeah um, when Ray sent us this link uh, I within like 20 seconds I was like wait this is serious. I thought it was just a parody. I was like, wait, no, this is serious because the the voice acting was so serious and just on point. I knew that I'm not fluent in Japanese, but I knew the like they were really talking in Japanese like the characters were because usually that's what parodies do. They just, you know, put no one knows Japanese. Blah, blah, blah. No, they were really acting in Japanese. And the fact that the animation had all the characters like how he, how Ray said, uh, like with the anime tropes, with the with just like the the reactions and the music, and like even like the the for me it was the title card and how the anime had an intro. It had a song. It had the whole you know it, you know when how you, when you yeah. cut the commercial and it like froze the screen for a moment. Right. Yeah, he did. He like the the amount of details was on point. He had the commercial <laughs> title where you know. We're going to break. Now we're back. You know, I was like, wait, what? And like the fact that like, you know, with anime, the intro's always upbeat. The They're always looking up to the sky. They're always running. They had all that in the intro. Like Squidward was just whooping ass to somebody. He was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? And then the show started. And then I was like, wait, what? And then the one of the best anime fights I've seen this year happened. SpongeBob was whooping ass, you guys. Like, it was on one of those, it was one of those anime episodes where, you know, you push the main character too far and he just went, he went to a dark place and he just went off. And the fact that, you know, afterwards he goes back to his bubbly you know, over concerned SpongeBob self, I was through. I was like, I, I need this to be a whole season. I, I need, I need, and then they even had a, an outro, the closing, very soft, very, you know, by water. I feel like they were walking by water, had close ups, like, perfect. It was like the best 15 minutes I've seen. I, I, I recommend it. Um, 
It's called SpongeBob Anime Episode 1 Bubble Bass Arc. Right? Bubble Bass Arc. Because people were suggesting all the arcs from SpongeBob, like, you should animate this next. And yeah, I, I agree. Something with jellyfish, like a jellyfish war or something needs to jellyfish war arc that needs to happen i don't know what's going on but the title just sticks with me jelly jellyfish war arc yeah i need that um did did you see did did you check it out amy or do you want to i feel like you're like i have not seen it check it out you're gonna enjoy it more if you're a spongebob fan just because i think that's I think that's one reason why I enjoyed it a lot was I was just like, oh yeah, that is what SpongeBob would say in an anime. Like that is, oh yeah, he still got the humor of uh, of that character down pretty well. Like uh, little details like that that I was like, yeah, that. All right, you applaud. You are clearly an an anime fan and a SpongeBob fan equally, uh, <laughs> as many of us. Are. So yes, go check that out. Support the guy. I think he has a little online store where he's selling T-shirts. I kind of want a SpongeBob anime again? T-shirt. I know the story is called Bubble Bass Arc. Uh, Ray, do you know the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel is Narmak. N A R M A K. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. He he's doing the right thing. I just I would love to see more work from him for sure. So yeah, back to you, Ray. Oh. <laughs> I think that was all I had on SpongeBob, honestly. Thanks. I'll just drop in then with, uh, this is Marlon Corner. Surprise! Um, so I covered... <laughs> <laughs> it, was necess- it was not necessary to put the surprise sound effect, but here we are. Um, so uh, I... I'll make sure to add that in too. Please, please do. Um, so this weekend, I spent some time playing a brand new game, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, um, which for the PS4, and just off top, I feel like PS4 exclusive games are just, they're just curb stopping Xbox. I don't understand what's happening. Um, I'm re- <laughs> It's been really unfortunate, the back-to-back PS4 exclusive games that have dropped. And I'm just really interested in seeing what Xbox is going to do because at this point, the biggest games people are talking about are all going to be PS4 or PS5 exclusive games. So they're going to have to figure out how they're going to step it up. But this game, I mean, just for everyone knows from like the screencasts, uh, the, the screen captures and whatnot, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a game where they fully want you to stand in a field and just look around um there are several like environments where um the sun is high in the sky and the sky is like a deep blue with like like stripes of clouds and like like petals from flowers like fully like circle around you and fly away uh they really want you to see this game is beautiful in all like shape and form and what's crazy is the game also goes through several environment changes so like and one scene you're in the bamboo forest and it's like very common and like you know nice and then you'll come out of the bamboo forest and you'll be in this like autumn forest where there are like orange petals falling off of trees on top of you as you ride through them um it's just really cool i think what i love about this game i knew it was gonna be different from like the new game from jump um are all the options before the game even starts you know it says do you want to play subbed do you want to play dubbed you know and do you want to play there's like four different color schemes for the game one of the color schemes of course is 
Kurosawa mode, black and white, to like like pay homage to Kurosawa films. Mind you, it's a great homage, but you shouldn't play because it defeats the purpose of all the colors that the game shows off to you. So I'm like, that's cool. I get it, but I'm not going to play that one. Um, so of course I played in like the dynamic color modes. Everything is just popping off the screen. Um, but if you do want to get a chance to like capture a, a Kurosawa-esque moment, the game has like photo mode, which a lot of games have photo mode, but in this game, they went all out with it. You can control the f-stop, the exposure. You can control what time of day it is. You can control what season it is, the sun's position, the camera tilt. You can control field of focus, depth of focus. Um, it, it, they really want you to, to take these really nice photos in the game to show off the graphics and everything. So that was super cool. Um, the game, of course, follows a main character named Jin, um, it's part of some uh, the awesome samurai of Tsushima, and you get to meet your first big bad. And they really, uh, if you are familiar with the Mongols, familiar with, of course, Genghis Khan, um, this villain is Kotoko, is Kotun Khan, which he's related to Kubla Khan, which is, of course, he's related to Genghis Khan. So that's his lineage uh, as a Mongol warrior. So in this game, you are you know, going up against him. And what I love about the game is that it kind of challenges tradition. Um, a lot of the characters in the game will tell you about samurai tradition and how it's honor bound and how, you know, it's like a very narrow road to follow and you have to follow it diligently. Um, but the character Jin, you know, starts to have doubts and question it and wonders if it's time to transition. And that's kind of your um, moment through the game is going from uh, Jin to Ghost. And there's like a lot of transitioning through the game and you learn all these different skills. Um, what I definitely love about the game is that you get to um, put skill points into your fighting styles. There's stone, water style, there's moon style, and they're each of their own different distinct combos, and it just looks amazing. What's also cool is that in the game, um, very kind of like... Uh, Kabuki's theater style where like there's a standoff you can like walk up to someone and like it could be four people but you can just find the one person you can just demand a standoff and like this like the camera shoots straight into the sky and it looks down at the two of you walking towards each other and it looks to the side and the game tells you to hold down a button and to only release when you're about to attack because it's supposed to be like a one strike kill attack and like the camera like slows up and you just fully just go for it. And you just like slash someone diagonally and they just die. And I felt so powerful doing that for the first like 18 times. Like, okay, this doesn't get old. And it's just amazing. And there are also s s several fighting scenes where like they really like do the anime trope of like, we're going to like show you their faces. Then we're going to show you the per we're going to show you the, the villain from the protagonist's shoulder, and then we'll show you the protagonist from the villain's shoulder, and then we'll do two zoom-ins of, like, their hands on the weapons, and then we'll do the, the one zoom where, like, someone, like, uses their thumb to, like, pop the sword out of the, out of the, out of the sheath, and then just kind of, like, cool. And then you'll attack. So it just it looks great. It looks awesome. The PS4 is flexing so hard on this game. It's just ridiculous. I also love that the fact that you get to gather forces, gather blacksmiths, soldiers, strategists. Um, the longbow in these games are just absolutely beautiful. They're just really tall bows and like they really like show you like the the position of the uh the the, the archer with their hands and their outfits um it's just 
the dopest thing I've seen so far. Um, I'm, I've only gotten like, I think, 10 hours in and it's just really fun. Um, you fight all kinds of crazy things. And the best part about it is if you are a huge fan of Pocahontas, um, this game has like a really interesting uh, key feature to it. And most games, your waypoint is either like an indicator or it's like um, a yellow line. In this game, the indicator literally is the wind blowing in the direction you should be going towards. I shit you not. If you are ever lost, you swipe up on the pad and you hear a and the wind weaves around trees and shows you where you should be going. So you literally follow the wind to where you are going. And it like, Samantha? <laughs> Like the first, and like what's cool is like your controller does like the wind sound every time you do it. And it's just like really so you just I want this game now. It's so, <laughs> like when you first do it, you're just like oh, it's talking. It's, I want it. Yeah, so literally it's the dopest it. thing. You're like riding around with your horse, listening to the wind as it directs you to places, and it's dope. Like it's a game that also incorporates um, consequences. It gives you choices. Do you want to recruit this person? Do you want to fight them? Um, it's just it's beautiful. I mean, it's also very. I want to say it's similar to. Um, Fallen Order, um, because yes, there's parrying involved, but it's not the sole combat feature that you need to master to be good at it. You can, of course, do a dodge and a roll and go around someone. Um, when I first saw the game, I definitely was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should get it. I got Sekiro died twice, and I was terrible at it. I didn't even finish it. I don't want to get a game like that again, because I feel like I wasted 60 bucks. So I definitely was kind of like, oh, I don't want... But then I heard that it's nothing like that, and that the game is very easy um, in terms of, like, combat feature. You can, of course, rank it up to being harder, but, like, the style of fighting is very similar to Fallen Order. Um, you can get in there, you can kick some butt, get some allies, uh, go to Shima. It's going to be great. I'm hoping it's going to end well, so I can give it some praise but for right now story's great characters are awesome uh combat makes you feel like a straight up g when you're just cutting down people during standoff and just putting your sword back in your sheath in a very dramatic fashion and watching bodies hit the floor so go to Shushima. oh my gosh i i'm so glad you did this review because um i so on Twitter, like when I'm on Twitter, that was the number one ad that just kept flashing at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this a movie? What is it? I didn't know what it was, but I was like, it looks really good. But I don't I didn't understand like the the, the gameplay. Like, I'm like, is the gameplay good? The fact that uh, last weekend, everyone that I know is like a really big gamer was playing this game. So it was all on like on my Twitch. It's all on my PSN, everybody was just, and everybody just kept was was just floored. They were like, "This is one of the secret, secretly one of the best games of the year," and a lot of people were giving it like nines and tens. And I was like, compared to you know Last of Us Part Two, where you know we've been waiting years for that, and we already understand like the ending of the mixed reviews and stuff. But then you get this game that came out of nowhere, and it's like blowing everyone's shoes off. Raymond doesn't agree. I don't. I don't feel like it came out of nowhere. Like I like. I remember seeing trailers for this game. That's the only thing I don't. Like agree. last year. Yeah. Or like earlier in the year. You know who developed this game, right? Who? This is Sucker Punch. Sly Cooper, Infamous. Oh. Yeah. This. I didn't feel like this game came out of nowhere. That's the only I thing. I didn't pay attention to the company. I just. Yeah. 
I was like, Wah. yeah, it was promoted very well because got, as it got closer to the release date, it was a lot of just, you know, um, and the fact that they had a Kurosawa mode, that's what sold me. I was like, I need this game because I am a big fan of those movies and of the director himself. And I just, I love anything samurai, anything. So again, I know you guys kind of have your, I'm just going to wait till when Marlon's done to do kind of like a rating scale because as much, I just want this game right now, but I kind of want to get it on sale because knowing how, you know, we have some games coming out on the horizon and PS5's coming out. And I'm just curious if they're going to do something where if I can get this on PS5. Because if this was on PS5, oh gosh. Well, here's the thing. Oh my gosh. PS5 is backwards compatible. Also, if you have also if you have all these games on your PSN account, you can still download them to your PS5 and they'll have oh, it. Yeah. And most of the games that are coming out now for the PS5, they would just update that game to the features that are on the PS5. So you don't have to worry about yeah. that. I think it's a really like yeah. great kind of cute, fun game. Like you, like the outfit choices are great. Um, you get really cool masks. And yeah, I just think like, it's just a game that you could just spend, like it, it's a game that pretty much is letting you know, hey, this is a, like a non-linear story. So if you just want to ride around mm-hmm. and find adventures, the map is huge. You can Ooh. ride in any direction and just like find a village on this corner. Because mind you, it, it is a whole island, but you can just ride around the island and just find things like artifacts or, or supplies and just, you know, do the game that way. Wow. And then like, how how's like the music... Cause it's always it's always about the music when it's really beautiful. Like oh, how it's the nice. soundtrack. When you're in a tranquil it's forest, it's like a tranquil like wood flute comes on, and you can also play instruments as a character. You know, like several songs, so you just like can play it. So it's Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Without the flute <laughs> doing anything, yes. Yeah, so you just sit there, you can just play it. Just hanging out. Also, like if you're in a fight, like the fighting music is like really hype, and it has like all traditional like instruments. Like they went above and beyond to make sure that every piece of this fits that like that era that was happening. So the music instruments all fit that era, um, and it just oh, great. the Kurosawa style era. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm already sold. And you made me want to get it now when you talk about the win mode. I was through. I was like, please don't say, please don't. Okay, I got to get this game. Right. Can you pay me? I'm telling you, it feels that way when a bunch of leaves start floating around you. That's like, where, where am I supposed to go? And they like blow this Mother way. Willow, where are and you? And it's like, oh, I'm supposed to go this way. You got it, wind. And you take off with your horse in that direction. Also, again, I, I love that. games that riding a horse is not hard to do. Yes. This is a, a shot at Red Dead Redemption 2 with those really dumb horses. Your horse knows it should head in a direction, and it does. And your character, if you're riding through a field of flowers, like uh, like a, a like I think they do with they, like Jim will just reach down and like touch the like the grass as he's riding by it, causing like pollen to fly up as he's passing by these flowers. And it's just like, oh, they're just going. They're just, yeah. going. They're just like, oh, we can do that. We got the engine for it. <laughs> I'm gonna probably wait till it's on sale or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to play Same. this game right now, um, so I'm gonna wait on paying for it till I like get ready to. But um, I'm sure I'm gonna be excited to play it when I. Right. Like, Infamous was a big. I was a big Infamous fan for most of that franchise. So that was a good game. game. I feel like Game of the Year is going to be real close between uh, this game and Cyberpunk if it comes out. It's really great. There's going to be a lot of contenders. That's true. 
Powerpuffs keep getting pushed back. If, 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 if it gets pushed back any further, I'm definitely going to be like, you know what's going to go to this film? It's going to go to the film game. <laughs> because we're in 2020, which is bizarre year, uh, what's actually going to happen, I'm calling it now, uh, Last of Us Part 2 is going to win Game of the Year out uh, instead of Ghost of Tsushima, and then everyone's going to rage again. Uh, 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 I mean... Yeah. You heard it here, July. You heard it here first. I feel like that's a good answer because I feel like 2020 is a year of just like we're just gonna just fuck with everybody, and this is I can definitely see them being like, you know what? Let's do this pot. Game of the year goes to Last of Us Part Two, and just watch everyone just rage online. And if anything, it's gonna make everyone involved with that game get more shit again, which they don't deserve. (laughs) They did the game. It was a a solid game. It was a solid game, but I'm gonna get more shit. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima, though, is just killing them on these ends. And again, Xbox, like, what are you going to do in response? Like, PS4 exclusive games have been dropping back to back. Can I? Uh, they, they clearly aren't giving up. Halo Infinite is trying to be new, but like... Yeah, I was going to mention that, yeah. It's just Just Cause with Master Chief. Like... Like, I don't see anything different right now. The biggest thing that would make it crazier would be multiplayer in that big, huge open world, which would be kind of like you could run around as a co-op group and go through that huge space, Breath of the Wild, like Halo space like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. But I think that's the that's the only thing that's going to get people to really dig into that game. Because otherwise, they can just go play Destiny and do almost the exact same thing as that game is doing. I mean, I'm worried. I mean, I'm not worried like as an individual, but I'm like worried as like a person talking about it. How much longer Microsoft is going to keep putting money into Xbox if they're not being as aggressive as the PS4 is being with these games that are dropping? Like, even if the game is like a solid B minus game, they're dropping several B minus games where I feel like Xbox, they're just really trying to like consolidate this is a property we have and we're going to do another version of it. And it's like, cool, like give me something new. Um, I did. In fact, the first panel I saw at Comic-Con was the Xbox panel. And yes, I mean, I'm trying not to be biased because I am totally a PlayStation person, but it was it was really upsetting and kind of funny that when they were displaying this game's coming out and they had all these like official people saying coming out soon and even had the dude you know who's ceo but like the only like they did hey they showed halo and the guys were like yeah woo yay you know and i was like whatever it still looks the same to me uh they had state of decay 3 I would tell you to check out the trailer, especially you, Marlon. It looked like a ripoff of Last of Us 2 because the girl was in the snow hunting and the commentators were like, is this Last of Us 2? I mean, there's only only like two or three different ways you can do a zombie apocalypse according to modern media. Apparently. I'm not surprised. But it was like, it was almost like frame by frame. It was, it was Uh, eerie. It was very eerie and creepy and almost, I was like, Come on, and they're releasing it late. So it's like, had they dropped it at least before Last of Us, it would have been helpful. But they're dropping it after, which now the comparisons are being drawn, which is unfortunate. Yeah, what else they got? Last of Us um, is just Walking Dead anyway. Like, that's true. It's just a re- yeah. recycle all over again. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then like, okay, one game did look interesting. It was called uh, Tell Us Why. It looked like one of those games where it was gonna. It, it remind me of like. 
those there's like a narrative story where your choices can affect the whole outcome and it was pro- but to me it looked like a pc game i feel like if it came out pc i would recommend getting it on pc but it looked like it was a story between a brother and sister something happened with their mom and they're using like their whatever happened in their in the flashbacks or memory to try to solve oh, it's one of but those it was games. like yeah, I looked. That was the only game to me. That was the most fascinating game I saw. But they didn't even spend time talking about it. I was like, that, "That's a winner right there." Okay, we're going. Oh, okay, Xbox. And then they saved the best for last, which was Fable. They're bringing Fable the back. Fable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? I mean, I people, people really loved Fable back in the day. I remember it being I a huge loved craze. I it too back in the day, but now I'm like, yeah. what about that story is going to be updated to make it interesting now? I I mean, they skipped a whole generation with that franchise. Yeah. Because right? the yeah. last one was on Xbox One or was on Xbox 360? I think it was I 360. Say, I mean, maybe. not on Xbox. Like, when I say Xbox One, I'm sorry. I meant original Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the first one that came out. The right. black box with the green X on it. Not the one that's literally called Xbox. Xbox One. Uh, that was confusing. Um, <laughs> it's the, their uh, they made it confusing, Ray, but not you. The, oh, the no, OG Xbox. That's, that's why it's losing. Uh, so it was 360 <laughs> that had the last Fable game, right? Yeah, I think so. I okay. want to say yes. Okay. Uh, cool. The and yeah. So I not I I think it's nice that they're bringing Fable back because they need they need something like that to like reinvigorate this franchise. Uh, not franchise their consoles. Period. Because they this is it. I feel like if Microsoft lasts through through this, it means they are really actually n- the Nintendo of America at this mm. point. Uh, oh. Kind of like that. Uh, they're not gonna, but even no, because no, I take that back because they can't be Nintendo does better than them at this point, yeah. I agree. It also has like right now recognizable properties that people love. I feel like Xbox internationally, mm-hmm. internationally, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, sure, Microsoft has international appraise because I'm I think they're more popular in Europe, Minecraft, uh, but like it's just it's not the same. They they gotta, they gotta figure this out because otherwise, I just feel like they're losing. Console they're losing war. One set of, I feel like we're in this weird time frame where, like, even video games are being polarized in a weird way, and like, I game uh, wars. Like, yeah, it's just strange. Uh, I'm glad. I don't want them to go away. I just want them to improve. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the one, like the one franchise that got me to buy an Xbox 360, and I had like. That plus the PS3 was I wanted to keep up with the Gears of War franchise, yeah, and I was like, I'll follow job. this. But then now I'm like, great, what's their next one to be something like? And they just haven't dropped anything that's gotten people excited like that. And so I, I feel like you're right. I feel like if they make it out of this year, um, that's great, and I hope they do make it out this year in in like in the black. But if they don't, like they're gonna have to like. I feel, like, I feel like they're going to take some some big losses this year, and if they take more losses in the next year, they're going to have to either decide, great, we're, we're going to be like a, a PC game where we make PCs, like, like Minecraft, or just going to like try one last Hail Mary, but I feel like Sony is showing them time and time again, our technology goes there. And every year... I feel like they're taking a chance just to curb stomp them. Look at this game. Look at all the triangles we got in this game. Well, look at this one. This one has four times as many triangles. Oh, look at this game. This game's in space with 45,000 times as many triangles in one frame. And it's like Xbox is just like 
four steps behind with their engines and it's like they're trying but just they're failing at every stage of it and nintendo now is kicking them butt with the switch and it's just like yo nintendo came from, from behind you and like over and overtook you xbox what happened like they were like you were like killing them xbox 360 and then next year the, they like dropped all these wii u and the switches and it's like no no we got this it, it's very similar to the marvel cinematic universe versus the dc cinematic universe <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one figured out their formula and so they just kind of took off and the other one has been struggling for years and who knows if they'll ever catch up i mean yeah i mean the fact that Star Wars c- kind of, even with their ups and downs of stuff, they surpassed DC. And I wasn't even like paying attention to Star Wars that much back when you know movies were coming out. And then Star Wars, look now, Star Wars has a billion, gazillion things now: TV shows, cartoons, more stuff, more. And DC is still trying to figure out what's our next DC movie be about. I'm like, you're letting other franchises, like even like if How to Train Your Dragon dropped a dub movie. They're surpassing DC. Like, come on. Now. That's not like, to say the animation studio isn't killing the game. True. DC animated say, is still curb stomping Marvel animated they're, films. They're, I was I I agree to that. That that and their TV shows. They they yeah. surpassed their well, I mean, what Marvel TV like until Disney Plus Marvel TV shows drop out. Right now, we only have the DC CW shows. I feel like Agents they're both. Ending. I feel like they're both equally so. Really? Like, um, I think you're deleting Daredevil, Jessica Jones, from uh, Marvel, and, and Luke Cage <laughs> from okay, this list. Okay. <laughs> you just, you can keep recently. Iron Fist, but the right other now. ones you talked about. Those there, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's, there's no Marvel right now, but there, there are. During the Comic Con, there Punisher. was a whole movement of bringing Daredevil back. Like it was called Daredevil Con, and then there's rumors that uh, what's his name is trying to come back as Punisher. So I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna sit back. First of all, Disney needs to fix that because how dare you tell Netflix no more of these films, and then you're not gonna keep doing just, them. That was disrespectful. Just, just make <laughs> a Defenders was. show. That's all you gotta just do. You show. let Marvel get these it. characters on the screen, get them that popular, and then when they're at the height, the peak of their popularity, like you know what, we're not doing another season. We're taking this back, and it's like, cool. Are you gonna do something with it? Maybe. It could be CW level PG thirteen. Right. I mean, people will be upset at first, but as long as it's people will be upset at first. But as long as it's done well and they keep true to the characters and and true to some of that dark vibe, they get right on the edge of PG thirteen. Okay. People will be people will be okay with it. I think you're right. They just, if they just like they just they get away with the curse words they can get away with. Right. And, and they just keep the material still dark. It'll be fine. This is just right. less violent. I agree. I, I believe they could do that because it's, it'll just be an edit version of the Netflix shows anyway. It, somebody could literally just edit all that, you know, R-rated stuff out. It's still a really good show. I mean, it's just that. So if someone can do that, come on, let's let's bring them back because uh, I miss my Marvel live action TV show. Disney, you have infinite money. What do you have to lose? They like to just control yeah, the narrative. And also, That's Disney, all. you want to get back at Netflix, get the this show that got them on top back on your show. Like, come on, now you right. have the platform to do it. Plug these characters right. into your platform. Get that money. Right. And if they don't want to put it on Disney Plus, they can put it on Hulu because that's their own they own Hulu too. Like, that's where all the edgy Marvel shows is going. Like, 
the shows that people aren't like you can't watch on Disney Plus, but you can watch it on Hulu. You can just put it on Hulu, and that would be competition for Netflix. If you don't like Netflix, there you go. That's how you set it up. And I would like to see because Netflix will have a response. And I, I will just as a fan, I'm like, look, I'm loving all of this. I have plenty of content, so Absolutely. let's go. Disney, your your parks aren't fully open all over the country or, or all over the world. Make some money, <laughs> drop these shows, get your subscribers up, okay? Yeah, some time there on that. Get one. your numbers up, bro. Yeah, yeah, we gotta wait for COVID for all of these things to happen. That's right. At least more. Or if you want Disney, yeah. go to New Zealand and shoot the show there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and just, and just don't explain right it. Just don't explain how the saying changed Luke, from like Luke Cage, <laughs> Luke Cage in the middle of the Shire. Just don't uh, it. Sweet Christmas. Time to get here. <laughs> you can tell them that they're in like a different Earth one, Earth eighteen eighteen, and like on this Earth, everything's yeah. like sur- like surrounded like New Zealand moss and trees, and it's like great. This is actually still Hell's Kitchen, but. Marlon, you're hot with like the story ideas today. He's he's on his writing. He's on his writing days, so he can't stop. Raymond is not impressed. You have bad ideas. (laughs) Don't write that up. (laughs) When you you hit me with a good one, I'll tell you. Ooh. No, I just, I'm just trying to be mean still. Don't encourage don't encourage me with a that's that's feel. not what my joke deserved. Don't encourage me. <laughs> say what you feel, Raymond. <laughs> Always feel. say what you feel. Say what, say what you what feel. You feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! How did you segue into that? I forgot about that. I was gonna be in my head all day long. Oh, Listeners, oh. that was our group Starfinder D and D campaign, and I made a song up, and I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Say what you feel. Okay, you guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and just we had some we had a blast talking about all this wonderful news. Um, listeners, again, if you enjoy this entertainment, please follow us on the social medias on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, also, our Twitch channel too, because I keep forgetting to bring that up. We have a Twitch channel. Just look up uh, Geek Force Squad. Um, thanks to Amy, Ray, and especially Marlon for just being you guys being just you and bringing so much joy to our listeners who are you know we're still going strong during this pandemic so thank you thank you to all of you and to our listeners again stay safe uh wash your hands and geek on and always say what you feel this episode of quest on media's geek force was produced in richmond california